welcome to the MHR podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Emma. Emma, we are getting towards the end of April. How do you feel about that? I just can't believe how quick this year's gone so far. I can't believe that at the start of this year we promised we'd do an episode every week and we've actually done it. I know. Look at us sticking to commitment. I know. We've passed, hurt past quarter, quarter one. We're well into quarter two We're now. Flying we've got momentum. Phone. We have got momentum. Do you remember what we talked about last week? We talked about Stress Awareness Month. Do you feel less stressed? I always feel less stressed. Yeah, we're not very stressful people, are no. we? Or stressed, anyway. I we're think quite stressful to other people. It's important to bring a sense of mm. lightness whenever you get a feeling of stress, you know? Well, there you go. That's the segue I was looking for, right? On the topic of lightness, uh, I thought we could talk about humour. We've talked about stress and things that mm-hmm. bring humour in. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about how we can bring a bit of levity into the workplace. Okay. How is that appropriate? Why is it appropriate? What are the benefits? What are the negative effects? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how humour can be used to make a workplace a more productive environment. Okay. Yeah, happy with that? That sounds good to me. All right then. Right, we'll get, get grab a brew and let's have a let's have a giggle. Go on then. Shout out to our listeners in the construction industry. Keep building stuff. So Emma, what comes into your mind straight away? If I was to say like, oh, you know, humour in the workplace, what do you think that means? Like, what, what's the context that c- comes to you? I just think of, you know, being able to have a laugh with your colleagues, yeah. keeping things quite light, um, and yeah, j- just just and I've just said this again, but just trying to make light of the day, light of things going on, yeah. trying to build those more kind of personable relationships yeah. with people um, and just adding that sense of human to the yeah. business. Uh, a sense know? of human. Yeah. A sense of human. Is that even a threat? I don't know. But a sense of human. So do you think humour in the workplace is very much a social thing or can it be a professional tool as well? Well, I think it can work in both aspects, you know, and I'm sure this is something that we'll go on to later, but humour absolutely has its place. Um, It's a great great way, a great way of building relationships from a personal point of view. But I also think that it's a very useful tool from a professional point of view as well. Um, It can create a more relaxing environment in an otherwise quite tense situation. Yeah. Um, and it can also <clears throat> introduce a sense of personality and I guess break those walls down a little bit where yeah. they may be sort of in existence, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's the uh, tendency, isn't there, for people to see the work as the polar opposite to pleasure, right? You yeah. know, there's work, there's pleasure, this is business, this is what we do, it's all very serious, this mm-hmm. is all very tense, this is a high-pressured situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the use of humour in that environment can allow things to become a lot less stressful so I had a look at what people are writing about in regard to the benefits of humor in a workplace Mm -hmm. would you like to hear a few of them yeah, go for All right, it. Then. So a lot of people are saying that uh, the use of humor in a workplace, uh, firstly, like you said, it lightens the mood, mm-hmm. okay? It can reduce stress. It can uh, create uh, faster interpersonal bonding. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's great for developing a, a relationship with stakeholders or people you work with very closely. Yeah. Um, it can support workplace cohesion. So how people interact with each other, mm-hmm. build relationships. It uh, is. It creates a better perception of leaders as well, and it's a good leadership tool. We can talk more about that in a bit. Mm. Mm. Um, it's great for resolving disputes. 
I think that's an interesting one mm. because it's it's one of those things where you would be quite selective in where you would choose humour. Yeah. But oftentimes when things can get quite heated, it can be a way yeah. to, to kind of bring bring mm. that level down and kind of yeah. create more of a calm footing. Yeah. Well, humour is... So I studied humour in <coughs> years gone by mm-hmm. right, in comedy and how that works. And humour is driven through empathy, right? When you both understand the punchline, when you both understand a different perception, mm-hmm. you can empathise with each other and find a common ground to laugh at something and judge it. Definitely. Which, when you have two people who are in this dispute about two polar opposite things or different things that they're looking at, if you can use humour to get them to think about something in the same way, it allows them to work together on it rather than be on two different sides. And kind of create that mutual standing, doesn't it? Of, mm. of kind of creating that connection of actually we can connect yeah. in different ways. So there's actually more leverage here in the relationship than I realised. Yep. Perhaps we can come to some sort of agreement, agreement in yeah. some way between us, definitely. We can both laugh at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it improves mental health, the use of humour. It can improve the mental health of the workplace and the workplace culture. Uh, and it can also reduce inhibitions if you're quite nervous or shy. The use of humour can bring people out of their shell mm-hmm. and uh, remove some barriers socially. So that's just a few of the things. Um, one of the things that I picked up on that I thought was quite interesting is that humour can be used to boost morale in a workplace. Mm-hmm. So employees like to work with other people, right? They like to work with people especially who they connect with or have a similar sense of humour. Mm-hmm. Or even if they have a different sense of humour but that person makes them laugh. We all prefer to have fun at work, right? We don't come here to have a miserable time. We know we come here to do our job and do what's Mm -hmm. needed and do the best job we can do. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have to be fun. Exactly. So humour can create an upbeat atmosphere, encourage interaction with people. And half the how many times have we done a podcast where we've talked about the problem in a workplace is communication? Communication, oh, it's, it's communication. a big, big thing. So if you can use humour to help communicate with other people and build bridges, then suddenly you're unblocking those kind of internal messaging issues that a lot of companies get with. Let's break down silos by creating some human interaction, which makes us laugh, which makes us empathise about the situations we're dealing with and allows us to look at it in a different perspective. You're absolutely right. It's, mm. it's key to kind of breaking down those walls, yeah. building those relationships and... Mm. From a professional point of view, it can also really help to drive things forward as well. Yeah. Because once you find, as I said previously, that mutual kind of ground with each other, you're more inclined to want to work together and therefore fight for the same cause, if you like, of wanting to, to progress yeah. forward. Um, and you trust in that partner or in that person that yeah. you can have a good time doing it, so which hum- is always an yeah. incentive. Humour can help us rally together or answer the cause. And the cause is always, well, you know, what does the business want to do? Why yeah. are we doing the jobs that we're doing? We might disagree about them, the way we do it, but actually let's use humour to realise that we're all in this together. We can empathise as a rich and we can laugh at it, we can judge it, and we can find a better route out of the problem. So humour rallies people together. The MHR podcast. Other podcasts are available, but why would you? Do you know what types of humour there are and how they can exist in a workplace? See, I wouldn't know if you would... For me, I wouldn't look at something and think, oh, there's different types of humour in a workplace. Mm -hmm. When you think of types of humour sort of outside of work, you think of different people's preferences in sense of humour, but not necessarily in types of humour. But I can see here that, that, you know, kind of what we've been looking at, you can actually define 
you know, different ki- types of humour. And there's a quadrant yeah. here that I think is really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So you've got your first one here, which is your affiliative humour. Yeah. So, you know, doing kind of funny anecdotes um, and jokes that really kind of create that social interaction between yeah. colleagues and between other kind of staff members. That's a good way of kind of easing social tensions, getting to know the person. And you can um, see that quite often in the workplace, can't you? It's, that's it's, that's it's a very, big one, really. It's a very flat structure in terms of, hey, yeah. you're like me. Hey, do you remember when that photocopy you broke? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not about leadership. It's not about your station. Mm. It's about connecting with people because they have a similar issue with you or an experience that you can then share. So the, it's kind of like the workplace equivalent to, uh, hey, on what call is funny kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, we all agree on that. We all share that experience. You see, it's creating that relatability, isn't it? Yeah. And, and therefore building, you know, building up that connection as a result. Yeah. And the next one that we've got here is is self-enhancing humour. Mm. So this is often people that deal with stress by trying to stay positive. Mm. So looking for a bit of joy in a stressful or distressing kind of situation um, I think this one is a really, really positive one mm-hmm. and something that I think we have both taken a leaf out of before mm-hmm. when we've been under a stressful situation of trying to kind of lighten the mood or make light of it so that it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. Yeah. And that's a really, really powerful tool to have. Certainly from a mental health standpoint, it yeah. can be the difference between going home feeling really negative about a situation versus a yes, this isn't a great situation, but it's something that we can manage and we're all in on it together. Yeah. You know, yeah. It creates that sense of connection. It creates that sense of you're not carrying all the weight on one person's shoulders. There are a group of you that are in this together and we will keep it positive and we yeah. will we will you know fight the good fight it's using humor to remove the demon that's on your shoulders or that threat in your head about oh this is a big horrible thing that's happened and it's looming to going actually well at least we can say we've done that you know exactly. what i mean right let's move <coughs> forward it's about yeah changing that perception into a positive forward-looking view rather than a dread of what's happened absolutely then we've got two other uh, humor styles that are referenced here in this quadrant that are quite interesting and take more of a negative approach. Mm-hmm. So the first one that we've got here is aggressive humor. So this is where people rely on jokes and humiliation to, to manipulate others. Yeah. So the kind of joking that, that makes one person feel better at another's expense. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one that I think we'll probably talk about in a bit more detail later on, but this kind of touches on more of a for me this this is more of a conversation around power struggle and trying to kind of create a place um and doing so and kind of delivering it in a bit of a different way um and is a bit of an interesting one to tackle i think yeah and it also ultimately comes from something so in popular culture there is uh, a comedy theory about why we laugh at things right Mm. called superiority theory right and if you study comedy or you study like theatre or production or TV or film, Mm. you'll be familiar with this, is the idea that we laugh, we can create humour by judging someone because they have failed. Uh, So like Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton or any of like the slapstick comedies you may have watched, Mm. they are a clown and the clown fails. And when the clown fails to open the door or lift the ladder or slips up on a banana, you laugh at them. You laugh at them because you recognise they failed because you feel superior to them. Mm -hmm. So the ability to feel superior to someone creates um, a sense of, ah, that's funny, I can now judge you. The judgment is the laughter. Mm. Now that's funny when you're watching something detached from a workplace. 
But when you're in a workplace, what you tend to find is if people are creating humor or judgment based on your performance as an individual, that becomes personal, it becomes aggressive, and actually it's not fair anymore. Um, So it's about the context of where you're creating. You can't directly take methods or ways that you look at things that are funny in your personal life and put them into a workplace because actually people are vulnerable. Absolutely. And I think there's an interesting one here as well as kind of a fourth point is is flipping that on its head entirely, which is self-defeating humor. Mm. So the person that puts themselves down in a humorous way to try and make themselves more approachable. So they are trying to make themselves the person to be laughed at, to make those connections, to make that relatability. Um, But it rightly says here, you know, if you overdo it, there is a risk of kind of reducing your status or reducing your footing in the eye of your peers and leaders um, by being so self-deprecating. And also in your own mental health. So I do this a lot. I enjoy ripping into myself because it makes other people laugh and I enjoy that people can laugh with me at it. Mm. But I need to have a good, strong sense of why I'm doing it because it's a great stakeholder mantra. And they are laugh at me, I'm funny, I'm Andy. Like, oh, isn't it good that you can all then laugh at me? But if you don't measure that, then suddenly... You're, you actually undermine your own position, but you also mm-hmm. undermine your own mental health because Absolutely. you can just go on a spiral of just critiquing yourself rather than actually recognising how hard you work or how good you are at things. The line can become quite blurred, can't yes. it, between, <clears throat> between you know, kind of laughing at yourself and making light of something versus yeah. actually I'm being very crit- hypercritical of myself and I'm trying to package this in a light way, but that's actually how I'm feeling. And that can be something that, that should be raised as a bit of a mm. red flag if there is somebody that is repeatedly using that as a tactic on certainly on a particular kind of subject. So if they are being, you know, self-deprecating about their work, for example, that should be something that that should kind of be watched and ensure yeah. that they're actually okay and feeling comfortable and confident in what they're doing. Um, but again, I think with this one, like you've just mentioned yourself there, that you appreciate the use of self kind of self-defeating humor and it's something that you use quite regularly but as you say if you are somebody that is very confident and has a confident sense of self that can be used as a great tactic Mm. and that's also something that you'd need to be mindful of in any case of humor being used is who is the person using it who are they aiming it at Mm -hmm. and kind of is it being used in an appropriate way yeah so we've had a Good chat about causes of humour or benefits of humour in a workplace and uh, the types of humour that exist. Uh, Why don't we take a little break and then I thought when we come back we could have a look at um, a good example of actually when humour is used in a negative way in the workplace. We've kind of touched on already. Mm -hmm. The legal high you've all been looking for, the MHR podcast. So... Let's try and think of an actual like, practical example of where we've probably seen people try to use humour, but they've used it in the wrong way, and it's actually had a detrimental effect to other people around them or the workplace that they work in. Mm-hmm. Um, the textbook example that comes to my mind is kind of a top-down-led piece. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for people probably in a more senior role or people who have more power or responsibility to have more of a negative impact on professionally on people who are working at a lower level than Mm -hmm. them um and i suppose you just talked about earlier there about kind of aggressive humor and the humor kind of actually like 
a, a humor that is basically reliant on either belittling or humiliating or mm. criticizing in whatever level that is someone else for a comic effect. Mm-hmm. I think if that comes from your peer, that's kind of okay because you can have a to and fro. But if that comes from someone that you're kind of hoping to gain respect for yeah. or worry about their opinion on you, if a leader is using that as a tactic, that can have a very detrimental impact to a workplace culture and how people value their work. So an example would be, say, I don't know, your boss comes in and goes, ah, Andy, <laughs> in front of the whole office. <laughs> nice to see you wearing that tie again because that looks brilliant. And everyone laughs. That's funny. And everyone's like, oh, isn't it great that we can all have a laugh? But Andy's sat there going, oh, I won't do that again because I'm, I'm really terribly embarrassed. My, yeah, yeah. I'm not really I didn't, self-aware of my tie. wasn't aware that my boss was looking at how mm-hmm. I was, where, where, what I was dressing. So what the result of that is employees can... Um, that those that are also laughing and joining in and that can also perceive that inappropriate humor and teasing as acceptable. Yeah. And what you do is you create a culture, and I'm sure you can see this in, a, in, in other organizations mm. that you might have worked in in the past, is very much, oh, this is what we do now. It's just a bit of banter. And then suddenly it's like, ah, that's when the HR door opens and goes, well, no, we don't just talk about banter like it's okay. It is. And, and it's one of those as well. You often find that there are particular... Victims is a bit of a strong word, but there are certainly kind of certain people that then get pulled out that are easier to tease or easier to wind up or, you know, you're more likely to get a response out of them. Or do we generate a culture of like, oh, it's quite fun when we look at things we can wind each other up Exactly. And actually for some people that's not okay. No, and it it kind of, it can easily transition as well from being funny to being bullying. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, I know that's a strong word, but it's yeah. something that we shouldn't shy away from in a workplace, yeah. that it can be perceived that way, you yeah. know? Um, and it's something that you, you, you can hear. Whenever we use humour in, in any circumstance, we need to ensure that we know the person, we know the situation, and we are being smart in the way that we use it. Yeah. With friends, with close friends, and even with, you know, with peers at work that you're very close with, those boundaries start to blur. Mm-hmm. But that's when you know that you are more comfortable with that person and therefore yeah. can, you know, be more, yeah. you know, kind of personal and more kind of slightly different with your humor. But for example, with, and, and likewise, it works upward as well. If you over try to be funny or make sarcastic comments or anything to a leader, that can also create a false perception on their part that. 100%. They have a, you know, they have an ego in their ranks, or they have somebody that isn't taking things too seriously in their ranks, uh, quite equally. So on the flip side, take the example I gave earlier. Now let's take a leader who walks into the office every day, and instead of them using aggressive humour, you could use self-defeating humour. Now recognising that person is of a higher station and has more respect and more responsibility and more power, mm-hmm. if if they were to be self-defeating or self-deprecating. It doesn't undermine their position because they're already in a position of power, but it also does create an avenue of empathy and connection between Mm -hmm. people who look up to them in the workplace. So that's an example of how um, aggressive humor is a negative for their position, but maybe self-deprecating humor can help them build bridges with stakeholders. Did I say (laughs) self-deprecating humor? You said (laughs) deprecating See, I'm going to record that see, again. See, this is what's funny, you see. Self-defecating so, humour. Self-defecating humour is a great example of self-defeating humour, Andy. I think you've just nailed the example unintentionally there. What do you reckon? I think we should move on. <laughs>
So let's get out of the weeds of it, right? Let's talk about the positive impacts. There are a lot of things I was reading that you can do as an individual, an employee, in terms of the use of humor in your workplace that can actually enhance your work and enhance mm -hmm. your success at work. Okay. So from what I'm reading here, apparently if you use humor appropriately, like the four models in the right place that we were mm -hmm. talking about earlier, uh, one of the personal impacts to you as an employee is, is going to get people to enjoy working with you. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you stand out. The use of humor in your emails, where appropriate, or uh, in meetings or presentations, can make you memorable. It can make people, uh, you know, get you to stick in their heads so they can go, oh, okay, I remember when Andy did that presentation. That was very engaging. It was very funny. Uh, I want to talk to him again about that topic. Um, it's humanizing. We come into work with a mask on, don't we? We perform mm -hmm. our role and we are a version of Andy at work that we might not be at home. Yeah. But being able to have... Uh, being able to use humor allows us to kind of either put on a different mask or unveil that mask. Go, hey, look, I'm a human too. I'm not just a person in a suit. You know, yeah. you can work with me. You can trust me. And as I say, just kind yeah. of break those walls down and create that more human connection that we mm. may not always get when we're in the workplace. Yeah. Um, humor also supports creative thinking. This is why I found this really interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So the way we approach humor and creativity are very similar. Because when you're trying to be creative, you're looking at a challenge that you need to combat in a different way. And when you're looking at humor, you're looking at something you don't understand or mm -hmm. you're creating another perception on it that create, makes us laugh, right? Mm -hmm. So both create new connections between things from a different perspective. So using humor allows people to be a lot more creative because mm -hmm. it's like, ah, that thing that we find really tedious, how do I look at it another way and laugh at it? Well, there's a fine line between that one, looking at something another way and solving the problem. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's, that's really interesting. I there's a, there's a few other that I've just pulled up on here as you were talking that I, it's almost my thing. When humour feels so kind of ingrained in your day to day, mm. it almost you kind of don't think about the positive impact it has. But there's some really really great stuff on here. Yeah. So for example, it can even make interviews easier. Mm -hmm. So think of our recruitment team and think of candidates that we bring in for for roles here at MHR. Um, you know, using humour and lightening the mood can help both candidates and interviewers feel more at ease uh, during interviews and also help understand the elements of an organisation's culture, which is equally as important, and just show how they may also fit into that culture. Um, so, I mean, there's a good example here that a joke during an interview about the importance of work-life balance, you know, may help highlight that element of the organisation's culture. Yeah. Um, and there's another one here that I also thought was great was just as you mentioned earlier about increasing the memory of presentations, you know, of, of locking that in because, ah, yes, I remember that is really funny. You know, mm -hmm. Andy pulled a few jokes in there and it was really memorable and therefore we're more likely to be able to enable our thoughts and enable our projects, um, into the team and get that better buy-in. By yeah. creating more of an experience. You can see where that falls into maybe like sales roles in an organization mm. as well. Humor can be used for persuasion. Absolutely. Um, it creates a positive environment, as you say. It improves a company culture if people buy into it and we share that. And we have like a an affiliate humor, mm. if you like. We all share common things that we want to laugh about rather than picking on people. Um, and yeah, it allows a company to stand out. If you're creative with uh, your humor, you can put that into your branding. You can put that into their company identity. It allows you to be a bit more human to your customers as well. A very important one. So I thought we could end 
on uh, just a couple of things we could share with people if mm-hmm. they were thinking, well, how do I bring humor into the workplace? How do I take these practices and actually uh, reap the benefits we've discussed today? Mm-hmm. The first point is share anecdotes. It sounds simple, but sharing anecdotes about things that have happened to you with other people that you find humorous is a lot more harmless than maybe trying to create jokes on picking on people Mm -hmm. because you're giving people you're exposing yourself in a story about things that have happened to you yeah and you're allowing people to find the humor and the empathy because that's something that they may be able to recognize with Mm -hmm. so anecdotes at lunchtime anecdotes in work meetings are a really good way of going hey this happened to me and people go oh that happened to me let's laugh about that let's Mm -hmm. enjoy the common shared experience you can also use humor to diffuse conflicts and we've talked about this briefly before, mm-hmm. but it's about recognizing that we, hey, I know Greg and I know Dan, and I know you're both arguing about the right way to deliver this project, but we can all agree that we work at the same company and we're both tackling the same issues. So why don't we acknowledge that we have a shared thing here? Let's laugh at the problem mm-hmm. and then we can both come to a conclusion because we both laughed at it together yeah. about how we're going to move forward. Special shout out to coffee maker Greg. Greg. Oh, he stays with us. Listen to our previous podcast. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> don't make things personal or siloed humor isn't about going how let's laugh at you mm-hmm. we can laugh at a problem that we share but let's not laugh at someone or let's not laugh at another team it's very easy when you use humor to become tribal with it like yeah. many companies become quite tribal or siloed with mm-hmm. their department structure it's us versus them no we're yeah. one company as a company where it's laughed together Let's enjoy, let's empathize together about the thing, the challenges we all share. Mm-hmm. Let's drive humor that way, not drive humor internally, because then it becomes a bit of a competition. It can become personal. It's not actually productive. Yeah. Uh, and then the final point in line with that is find humor on common ground. What are the experiences that we all share? Those are the things that should be the topics for humor. And that's ultimately that's, that's going to bring those mm-hmm. relationships, bring that team together. Yeah. And create a happy work experience yeah and that's for everyone everyone from entry level up to c-suite executives should be aware of how humor can be used at work and how it can be detrimental but also how it can be a positive impact to create company culture and stakeholder relationships but the point that i've said actually uh, the point that i've read as well is that to help bring this in it's difficult when you're maybe more of an entry level position Mm. it's best filtered down from the top if you join an organization where you feel like the leaders in that organization are adopting a culture that's open and that's uh, welcoming to humor and how we view things, you're more likely to adopt that yourself. So I've got an anecdote we could share, actually, because I think it's harmless. It doesn't affect anyone personally, but it was a group experience. It, we all laugh together as a team. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good way of how you can use humor in a workplace or yeah. enjoy it, right? I like it. So cool. previous jump company I had, right? Uh, I was in ages ago. This is a different, different time. Mm-hmm. I was typically responsible for like organising the Christmas socials, right? Mm-hmm. So the way we used to do that is we'd just kind of take Teams message or whatever everyone like a, their mobile number, mm-hmm. personal or work, whatever them. It was up to them, and everyone would type it out, and we'd put it back in a phone. We'd put it in a group chat, right? And we'd message the whole team that we wanted to go, right? So I'd do this, put it in. And I uh, would message everyone and go, hey, guys, right, we're going to meet at, say, like, Goose and Feathers or something on the 18th because it's a Friday. We're going to finish after work. It's going to be, like, maybe an hour earlier than normal, and everyone's fine with that. And I just need you to confirm if you can come because we need to book it and pay a deposit, right? Please let me know in a couple of days, right? So it's a WhatsApp group. Suddenly, this just goes off like fire. Everyone's 
sharing gifts and going completely off tangent. But through that, the myriad of that, I'm checking the responses and mm. I'm going, right, you're coming, you're not, you're going, whatever. And then Greg, who works with us, goes, oh, I can't, can't make it, mate. I don't think this is for me. And we're like, what? And everyone kicks off. You know, yeah. gifts are going everywhere. There's memes yeah. involved, right? And we're like, what are you on about? Of course it's for you. It was your idea, Greg. This was, this is, no, you're definitely coming. He's, and he texts back, no, I'm not. I don't think I should be going. What are you on about? No, please, you got to come. We, we wanted you to go there. Tell us why you can't make it. Uh, and then he turns around two days later, like the silence. We're like, what's going on? And two days later, he turns around and goes, no, sorry, guys. I just, I don't think you meant to ask me. Like, Greg, don't be like that. That's of course not, we did, Holm. Of course we, yeah. We like you, Greg. Don't be silly. Mm. Of course, don't. If, look, do you want to reach out? Do you need to talk to someone? Of course we want you there. Uh, and then they text back and go, no, sorry, I don't, I, my name's Sue. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Sue. I was like, you're not named, you're Sue is, your name isn't Sue, Greg. No, my name's Sue. I, I don't you're think I work for this again, company. Greg. I don't know where the goose and feathers is. I've Googled it. It's down the road from me. But uh, I think you've got my number wrong and I'm not supposed to be invited. To which we all felt very awkward about. Some people still firing off gifts because they hadn't even oh. read the message. Oh, and we, we got together. We were quite embarrassed at work the next day and went, what do we do about this? So we all decided to message her back and go, sorry, Sue, got the number wrong. However, the invite still stands. <laughs> Please enjoy it. Oh uh, join us. God, We'd yes. love to see you there. Sorry for convenience caused. We've already booked your space at the table and paid the deposit out of like inconvenience. Sorry for bothering you all this long. <laughs> we don't know who she is, right? <laughs> Guess what happens? She turns up. She turns oh, up on the day. We yes. make a new friend. It was good. And everyone could laugh about it. Oh, go on, Sue. Yeah. So go on, Thank girl. you, Sue. And sloppy Greg for bad number input there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, Emma, we might be done. I think we could wrap this one up. I think we had a good chat about that. We did. And, you know, as, as two people that use humour as kind of a key key part of our character, really, I think that's why we're, why we're sat here today, mm. it's really interesting to actually see and understand the power yeah. that humour can have in a business setting. It's, it's nice to reflect on while of going. It's all good fun and ha nice to have. Yeah, it's nice to have all funs and jokes and mm. all this stuff. But it's nice to actually reflect on actually the forms of humour in a workplace and how that, how me joking at something might actually have a negative effect on someone else. Absolutely, as well. and and creating that awareness mm. of of what it can mean and what it can achieve or not achieve. Cool. Well, if you want to hear anything else about what we do here at MHR, you can find us at mhrglobal.com. We are on the social media channels, all of them, I think, probably. Um, otherwise, I've been Andy. And I've been Emma. I'll see you in a bit. See you later.